You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Right here on 98.7 ESPN, you know the deal, 800-919-3776. That's the phone number. You can reach us at, and you know the vibes. Tidy Butler is where we are on Twitter and Instagram. There's not a chance in hell you're going to get me to call it X. I'm, I'm going with Twitter, and that's going to be for the rest of the time. But that's where you can find me, Ty D. Butler. You know it's a, a good night when you pull up to the studio and you immediately find a parking spot. Don't even got to sweat it out like I did last night. Pull up, bam, it's right there. Didn't have to pay for it. No work to be done. Just just come in and I'm all good. Pretty nice outside of New York City. Sadly, the uh, summer's coming to an end. Days are getting short. If you could catch what I'm doing, I- I'm trying my hardest to avoid talking about what I just watched with the Yankees. I can fart on the radio for the next two hours and it would be more entertaining than what you had in that series finale against the, the Braves. That's how disgusting that was. Was it disgusting, though? You've come to accept it. You've come to kind of expect it. But, you know, here we are once again talking about the same thing. And it's the latest iteration of what has been a miserable season, the season from hell. That Domingo Herman perfect game feels like it was centuries ago. And it's actually only been less than two months. But because they have fallen off of a cliff since then and Herman's no longer here, it's almost like it didn't happen. But you know how to drive home how bad this season has been? The Yankees just got swept by the best team in baseball, and there is not a single soul on the planet who is surprised. It's like, oh, what, what should you have expected? Well, back in the old days, it was the Yankees who were the best team in baseball sweeping inferior foes. And now here they are finishing the final two of this series with back-to-back shutouts and five hits. Last night, more errors than hits. Aaron Judge comes out and says they're not showing up. My guy Don LaGreca goes on the case show, and he's like, well, let's see how the Yankees respond to their captain calling them out. That has to incite some type of reaction, doesn't it? Well, today they had three times as many strikeouts and hits, and Charlie Morton, as you heard in the update, tied a season high in strikeouts. So more of the same, nothing has changed with this team. They're now under 500 this late in the season for the first time in 18 years, in danger of finishing under 500 for the entirety of the season for the first time in three-plus decades. So... If you ever thought it couldn't get any worse, you keep watching. It's that bad movie that just keeps getting worse and worse. So the Yankees, who I would like to remind you, started the season. Aspirations. Winning a banner. Cashman looked at that series against the Astros and was like, we're right there. Those same Yankees right now have lost five straight games for the first time this season. So, remember how questioning why Yankee fans were in their feelings? Just mentioned Cashman. You remember at the deadline, when he was asked about the inactivity? No, that's not a sign of acquiescing. That's not a sign of us punting. We're in it to win it. Remember 
Boone saying the league was catching up to them. All of that to illustrate this is an organizational issue. It's malpractice. The franchise is malfunctioning. They, for far too long, got away with arrogance that was deodorized by getting past teams like the Cleveland Guardians, formerly known as the Cleveland Indians, and the Minnesota Twins to get to championship series, so they felt like they were closer than they actually were. Now they're being exposed. Because the league didn't just catch up to the Yankees. They've completely lapped them. And the sad part is us as fans watch what's happening. And we see a team that walks around like they're the Braves. And the Astros, when they're closer to being the Mets, a team that us Yankee fans like to make fun of. And that's no shot at the Mets. It's just when you see, oh, Anthony Rizzo was in the lineup for 10 straight weeks with post-concussion syndrome. Sounds like the Mets. Sounds like something the Mets would do. No, that was the Yankees. That was the New York Yankees. All of the flopping, everything that has gone wrong this season, you almost get tired of talking about it, but at some point, enough is enough. And my question going forward is, Is it on the table, and it's going to sound crazy when I first ask it, but is it on the table that Hal Steinbrenner can become the most hated owner in New York? Whoa! That's a title that belongs to Jim Dolan. Nick fans just don't like him. Whether it's fair or unfair, they've decided they, they, they just don't like him. There is a passionate disdain for Dolan. But what we're staring at with the Yankees is a season ending in such catastrophic failure. You got to go back to the year before I was born to find the last time they ended up under 500. They could be in last place as they are right now with a negative run differential. And I, you know, it, it gets lost. We could just say, oh, they're in last place, they're in last place. Red Sox five games ahead of them in the loss column, and and they're about to play Boston. This is trending toward it being a certainty they're going to finish in last place. So how spent the second most money in baseball, only to have your season end in August? And that, to me, is like the biggest indictment. Because not all postseason DNPs are looked at equally. There is something to be said about a team hanging in there late, making a run, making it uh, interesting, and falling short in the final weekend of the year. While that's still a disappointment, and it still falls way short of expectations, that is a stark contrast to what's happening now, where it's August 16th, and the conversations about, you know, what's next for this team started two weeks ago. That's how far out of it you are. It's amazing that you could start the year spending all that money and then in this ensuing offseason after you miss the playoffs, you've got question marks over four-fifths of your rotation. You've got voids at left field, at third base, at catcher, and possibly center field, depending on what happens with Harrison Bader. 
and maybe even first base because we don't know about Anthony Rizzo. And yes, he still has a year left on his contract or two years left on his contract, but uh, we have to see if the reason why he became the player that he did was a result of the concussion and the post-concussion symptoms, or was it a foreshadowing of him just being a washed baseball player? But you look at what's happening right now, and you've won three playoff games in a total of the last three seasons. Once you miss the playoffs this year, it will be three straight years. You, you take 2021, 2022, 2023, you've got three playoff wins. So how? Don't tell us you want to win. It's about showing us. And if he doesn't clean house, again, it sounds crazy, but you wonder if this Yankees passionate fan base that is so sick and tired of being talked down to, of being given excuses, of being, you know, the victim of uh, a party that is condescending and walking around with a level of arrogance that doesn't necessarily match the results. You wonder if this fan base that occupies a, a large part of real estate here in New York and across the country, if they start to look at how and say, you got to go. And he becomes a guy who surpasses Dolan as the most hated owner in New York. Because if he looks at this situation, and I said this last night, but it's worth repeating. If he looks at everything that went wrong this year and the decision on his table, the solution to all of these problems are Boone's got to go, but Cashman stays. And Cashman, who hired Boone in the first place, now fires him and then gets to pick his replacement he is the one who gets to make all these decisions about the roster construction and the manager. If we ultimately get there, oh boy, the smoke Yankee fans are going to have for how. You thought last year was bad? When uh, on Paul O'Neill Day, they were booing him? Like you thought that was apex level embarrassment? You haven't seen anything yet. And deep down, and a lot of us feel this way, those of us who root for this team, deep down, you wonder, as pathetic as this season is, is there a little consolation for the owner when you look at the TV ratings and they're sky high and you look at the attendance and you're still amongst the top in baseball and jerseys are selling out like it's going out of, out of business. You wonder and you try your best to guard against that being what they deem to be successful. Because this has to hurt. And I, too, have grown tired and weary of the, well, if George Steinbrenner was still alive, because it's a, it's a lazy conversation. We get it. We, we know that he operated differently. He despised and detested losing. And sometimes, even to his detriment, reacted that way. Reacted in spontaneity that was regressive and not in every way beneficial to the organization. But with how, I mean, show us you care about winning. Make a statement. I am so intrigued. I am so looking forward to that end of year press conference. Because all I heard was to go to football for a second. Oh, man, that Aaron Rodgers 
could survive in Green Bay for 18 years. I don't know if he's got the onions to deal with the New York media. They are going to hold his feet to the fire. So I want to see if that same New York media keeps the same energy for a GM that is now 14 years removed from his last World Series appearance on the heels of missing the playoffs completely in the midst of what is the most embarrassing season uh, on his resume. If they have that same smoke for Hal Steinbrenner, who's the owner overseeing this operation and continues to employ that GM who I just destroyed. So we want to talk a big game about being, you know, the New York media and everyone's afraid of us. They, they can't deal with the pressure of answering the tough questions. Let's see the type of questions y'all are asking Hal and, and Catherine at the end of the season when he's got to appear in front of everyone. And let's stop talking around the problem. Let's stop mentioning the injuries that kept this team from advancing in, in years past. Let's stop using words like crapshoot. And let's actually acknowledge that y'all, at least right now, don't know what the hell you're doing. 800-919-3776. Coming in hot. We're going till midnight. I want to hear from you guys. Yankee fans, sound off. It's a safe place. We can have a, a therapeutic session together. We'll get to the Jets from Hard Knocks. Uh, Jets and Hard Knocks from last night. Another bad day uh, in the preseason. Their final joint practice didn't go well for the offense. Rodgers was off. The offensive line continues to be in shambles. We'll get into that. Barton Hahn was at Giants camp today, so I got a lot to hear from. The head coach, Brian Dable. We'll hear from the quarterback, Daniel Jones, talk about expectations. And then the Knicks. You look at the calendar. We're, we're actually not that far away from training camp kicking off. So there is a story happening that should pique your interest. And if you're a Knicks fan, at some point during the show, we'll get into why you should be rooting for Harden to sit out and continue to, to have this saga be drawn out as long as possible. So there's a lot to do. Ty Butler going until midnight. Keep it locked right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. So they are trending. They are closer to being the worst team in baseball than they are to being the best. And when you start the year spending all that money, that that, that is just putrid. 800-919-3776. Batting leadoff is Matt and Merrick. What's good, Matt? What is good? Thanks for uh, taking my call. Let me lower the radio real quick. Um, yeah, so I, I have this <laughs> it's a little a little crazy theory here for the Yankees, but just uh, hear me out. So I feel like amongst Yankee fans, we're kind of all on the same page as says it sounds. We kind of know this season's a wash, even though there's like 40 games left. We kind of know it's a wash. Now, next season, we're probably going to be in a similar scenario so if not for the Mets you know uh, catastrophe of a season I think Boone would have been out of a job but I think because the Mets sort of followed suit it's kind of buying both managers one more year or maybe one or two more years but I think that if the Yankees have another bad season next year what I think it does is two things it opens not just the opportunity for Jeter to become a candidate for head coach but it could also be an opportunity for Jeter to become a candidate for GM. Now, the reason why I think he could be a good candidate for head coach is because 
it would be a way for Cashman to save his job. So I kind of wanted to hear what you think about that. There's no, I don't have any crazy punchline. That's really all it is. Just kind of <laughs> curious to hear your thoughts on that. Man, I appreciate the call. I, I, I'll be honest. Everything you said, I disagree with. First of all, Jeter and Cashman don't get along. We heard about that during the Captain documentary. And it goes back to their negotiations when Jeter was getting that last contract and how contentious it became. So I don't foresee that happening. As far as him becoming the manager of this team, I know a lot of Yankee fans will be, you know, be infatuated with the, the old great player, the old great Yankee coming in and restoring order and you know getting rid of the analytics. My thing is this. I think it's time to bring someone who is more established and has managerial experience. Clearly, what's happening right now is we're watching a Yankees team that is good handling success. They 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 are front runners to an extent, right? Like when things are going well, everyone's happy. It's all chippy, and not that they're fighting in the clubhouse, but it just doesn't feel like they've been able to respond. They've been able to rebound from the pitfalls. And I guess you can say part of that responsibility falls on the captain of the team, Aaron Judge. But, you know, he spent a significant time of the season hurt and not available. So it's hard for him to display and exude that level of leadership when he's not playing. But the other thing is the manager. And this is why I sometimes get annoyed when people say, well, Boone's not the problem. Well, maybe he's not the biggest problem, but he surely isn't part of the solution, and he's part of the current state of affairs. And Now, this isn't football and basketball where you can coach someone into playing harder and effort and, and all the things of that nature, but when the, the clubhouse has taken on the tenor and your behavior and what you display in these press conferences where it's just, I mean— Grenades are going off, and you're still talking to me about how the sun's going to shine tomorrow. We don't want to hear that. And when that starts to trickle down to the players, I think that becomes something that is on you. That's part of your issue. But whoever they—you you said it. You, you said that you think that this is bought Boone a year. He's gone at the end of the season. We, we heard the report from Bob Clappish, and then since then it's just gotten significantly worse. I think at at the very least, he's going to be made the scapegoat. And I would like to see them bring in someone who's more established. And it's not, you know, kicking water coolers and punching guys in the face, but it is that hybrid of holding, you know, having great relationships, being relatable to the young players, but also the ability to hold them accountable and have that cachet. Because that's another thing that, to me, has become underrated about everything transpiring. It's not like there are a bunch of champions walking around in that clubhouse. So who are they turning to? And the immediate answer is Judge. He's the captain. But it's not like he's walking around with hardware. How many championships has Aaron Boone won as a manager? So there's not a lot of leader. Rizzo is a champion. But there's not a lot of leadership in that clubhouse. So you need to start... There, bring someone who's got some cachet, who's got some respectability, who can hold these players accountable. And and I want to reiterate, not to go full old school and, and 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 tap into how they used to behave back then, but just give me a little bit more than what we're having right now. 
Just give me a little bit more. Coming up, we'll hear from Aaron Boone, Aaron Judge, the aforementioned Aaron Judge. We'll hear from the captain as well following yet another Yankee loss. Last night they had one hit, so tonight was a drastic improvement where they were able to corral four hits, but still shut out back-to-back times for the first time. What did you say, Harvey? It's August 14th and 15th of last season. Correct, against, I believe, Boston and Tampa. So not that long ago. No, almost. Essentially a year ago. I, you know what's concerning? The apathy. Harvey, I came into the studio as the Yankees were, like, the final pitch was being thrown in this game. And you didn't even seem phased by it. Like, you've resigned to, this is a lost season, I'm done. And typically, when a team of this stature that prides itself on winning championships and being relevant every single year, you get to the middle of August and their fans are apathetic, that is a bad sign. Gordon has a good line these days where he says that he's surprised if you're surprised. Because you just got to trust your eyes when you look at this team, man. This team is just, they're below average. No, I'm not surprised that they're losing. And I I have to some degree, like, relinquished my uh, emotional attachment to them to the point where, you know, I used to, it, it would ruin my night and I wake up in a bad mood. But it's still a team that we expected could do something and and both of us we're both diehard Yankees and it's diehard Yankee fans and right now it's just like whatever Yankees are under 500 minus 14 uh run differential and they are now six and a half back of the final wildcard spot I'm old enough to remember when people were like well you know what once Judge and Radon comes back they gotta make a run uh that run did not happen they are running somewhere running straight to the offseason without any playoff appearances 800-919-3776 the phone calls are lining up we will hear from Aaron Boone Aaron Judge and also get to football Jets Giants talk some Knicks as well on the program so still a lot to do as we march toward 12 o'clock keep it locked right here on 9870 ESPN You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. The fascination of watching these press conferences is seeing what crazy thing he's going to say. Because a couple nights ago, after the Yankees were getting blanked, he said something about, what what was it, Harvey, that they were uh, ready for takeoff? They were turning a corner? Uh, They were getting traction, I believe. Oh, they were gaining traction. And the the I'm not a conspiracy theory at all, but if I do tap into that gene, I would say there's no way Boone believes half the things he says. So I I think they know this season's over. The Yankees trying to get some ratings for those post games, so he's got to keep saying something crazy just to get people uh, to tune in. Because there's no way he believes a lot of the things he says. And if he does, then it's another sign that he shouldn't be employed by this team anymore. 800-919-3776. Spike is in St. Pete. Hello, Spike. Uh, you're a gentleman and a scholar. I love you for it. I appreciate uh, you dealing with what I'm dealing with. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't uh, only feel. Uh, here's the thing. Boom. I, I, it's like a ventriloquist is making him talk, right? Yeah, it's 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 actually comedic stand up. I think it stinks. Yeah, it's like it's 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 comedic stand up. He yes. he's trying to keep us entertained. The press conferences have become more must watch than the actual games. Easily, te- that's for sure. I watch paint dry, and I know I'm older than dirt. That that joke is 
but it's terrible. I feel bad for him because, uh, for historic purposes, I was a big fan of his grandfather, Ray Boone. You could look him up. He was this big strapping right-handed hitter with a lot of power, plays for, I think, Cleveland and the Tigers. And uh, pretty good lifetime stats. And obviously, the father and the brother. The brother was a, a juicer, I think. So, But, hey, listen, he's a good guy. He seems, you know, I, I follow his, his private life. He looks like an amenable guy, a do-gooder. And uh, you feel for a guy like that. But I got to tell you something. Don't laugh at me. I got one Jets comment. I'm just fighting the fatigue. I got one Jet uh, comment on him. I you know what I would have done when they saw they were short an outfielder. I would have just gotten Brett Gardner because you know he's in great shape and he's always ready. I would have signed him for a minimum contract. At least stick him out in left field. The worst he, he couldn't do worse. He always made contact. He didn't strike out a lot, right? And, and and you know he can catch the ball. No, but he was done when he was with the Yankees. He was done. He we, we knew he, he was lost. And 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 Yankee fans were 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 ready for him to to hang it up because he yeah, clearly didn't happen anymore. The the solution I'm is not, I, the solution is they should be better prepared for these injuries. They're not. They're not. They have no pitching. And and between Herman and so, so Larry asked me yesterday. I said I know I'm going to read a book, listen to some Motown in the back. Brown and read a good book. I saw Severino was pitching. With all due respect to that young fella, I, I, I'm not watching. I can't watch anymore. And you know, arguably his game last night was better than he's been doing. You know, they they just look dull and they look they look bad. One quick thing on the Jets. I, I mentioned fading to you last time we spoke. Remember? Uh, yes, fight, fading them at nine right. and a half. Yep, you did. Right, right, right. Good memory because you're young and sharp. And the guy asked the two of them today, and they go, they're getting information from someone in the camp or something. They said they have a, such a porous offensive line. And I just read something when I was you know, trying to stay awake to call you. I wanted to share it with you. That that line is horrible. They said something like Rogers got sacked five times today. Yeah, was, six times. yeah he got sacked six times. Yeah, he was nine of twenty-one, I believe, through an interception. So yeah, it's not going well. And I appreciate the call, Spike. Uh, it, it's I, I don't think it's just getting inside information. They have media members, reporters are there, and we're seeing it all over Hard Knocks. And we'll get to the clip of uh, Salah ripping his offensive line. But I mean, we all know that. If if this team is going to hit a speed bump, or even more significant than a speed bump, if their season is going to be derailed, it's probably the offensive line that's going to be the you know undoing of it. Tommy's in Connecticut. What's up, Tommy? Hi. Good evening, bud. Good evening, man. What's going on? How you doing? So before I get into the New York owners, just wanted to say. The the boony like sound clips, it's almost at a point where it's like, what do you want this guy to say? You know, he's got to speak every single day. Really. It's like he he's gonna trip over his words at a certain point every single day. No, it's not. But it's not the tripping. It's the the over optimism and and positivity. <laughs> I I cannot have you on. Or, or I, I can't have you sitting up there after the Yankees just struck out 18 times talking about how you made the other side work. That that makes no sense to me. Oh my God, that nothing drives me 
nuts more than that. The, oh, we had a bunch of good at bats aside from the 18 strikeouts. Yeah, the, the hard hit rate and the care factor and the at bat quality, like the, those buzzwords they go to. When like, come on, we're not dumb. We're watching the game. We uh, we see what's going on. That that's what 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 gets me. All right. So as far as New York ownership goes, it it drives me nuts and it makes me sad actually that the Steinbrenners have like climbed that ladder because there's no more well ponds. Yep, they're gone. The Johnsons are going to be what they are. I mean, it's it, there's no more Ledeckis with the Islanders. Mm-hmm. So uh, how is is these were? And it's funny because I look at I so I look at Dolan in two different ways because of the Rangers like, and very the Knicks. negatively as the Knicks owner, yeah, and very positively as the Rangers owner, yeah. Most most fans do because I feel like he lets the Rangers. Brass or whoever's the GM or you know president do their job, and then he's just too involved with the Knicks. But it's just it's a shame that that Hal has let the the, the Yankees were ironclad, man. Yeah, and, and to see that they've sunk to this level, and I appreciate the call, Tommy. To 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 have it at least be a conversation is embarrassing. It just goes to show you that, you know, what the standard used to be, you can no longer expect. And it's funny, right? We we kept complaining about this team not winning a championship. And a lot of, of non-Yankee fans said, we were spoiled. Why are you complaining? Now you go from be, that being the complaint to, yo, they're not even going to make the playoffs. Like, to not make the playoffs in, in years past, that was the expectation. That was the worst-case scenario. At least in 2021, you didn't win a playoff game, but at least you made it. 2015, you didn't win a playoff game, but at least you made it. And you've been getting knocked out in first rounds and in championship series. And, you know, we rioted after that, verbally, of course. But this year, to not even make the playoffs, that, that, that is rough. That's rough. Now, Harvey, I'm going to need your help here real quick because my, my, my screen uh, cuts off the rest of the description on the fourth Aaron Boone cut where it says, how big is the gap between you and teams like the Braves? How big is the gap between you and teams like the Braves? Here's Aaron Boone. Right now, it's big. You know, that's that's a really rugged lineup over there. Obviously, that that's really clicking, and, and a lot of their you know big time players are in the middle of you know in the primes of their careers, in the middle of you know some pretty special seasons. So, I mean, it's it's a good peek at you know what you want it to look like and what you want it to be. We got to worry about us, you know, not only as team but as individuals, and trying to make sure we're doing all we can to to give ourselves the best chance to be successful. So this press conference doesn't bother me as much as it, it, it used to in, in days and weeks past. But you can hear he's defeated. Uh, what is he supposed to say? I can't even get on him now because he's not uttering you know ridiculous statements. What else is he supposed to say? I think the team is, I'm sorry to say this, I think they've given up. The writing's on the wall. This late into the season to be under 500. Like they, there's no way you're going to make a run. And Fangraphs coming into the day had their chances of making the playoffs at 2.4%. That has gone down. 
But you don't need fan graphs to tell you you're drawing dead to make the playoffs. This thing is over. And you still got, as he said last night, there's still a quarter of the season left. So you still got to do this for for another month and a half. Oh, that's brutal. 800-919-3776. If it's brutal for us to watch and talk about, imagine what it is for those guys. But those are the rules of engagement, right? This is why you get paid the big bucks, they say. And we'll see what happens at the end of the season. But that's the only intrigue left. Like, how bad does this thing get? And does it lead to a change? Because the report said Cashman is safe. But is there a a level it can get to of just atrocity that changes that report? Where we Where we hear later on, he might be in jeopardy. No, he just signed a big-time extension. And how doesn't like people being paid to go away and not work. But if this operation is trending and continuing to trend where it's going to get even worse, how do you not make the change? It's like the, the, the baseball gods are begging you to make the change. How much more evidence do you need? And I get, like, calling for people's jobs is not something you take pride in, and a lot of hosts shy away from it. But this is a results-oriented business. We got to tell it how we feel. We got to keep it a buck. Got to keep it a stack. What's happening right now has reached such utter embarrassment for an organization that should have a lot of pride. How do you not make wholesale changes? How do you not do it? 800-919-3776. Back to your phone calls when we return. Promise you we'll get to the Knicks, Jets, and the Giants. Ty Butler going until midnight. Keep it locked right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Aaron Judge is starting to sound just like Aaron Boone. They're losing it. it it's like Aaron... It's not even, so that part isn't even arrogance. That's just like, I'm dumbfounded. I I can't believe, I don't expect them to go out there and say, yeah, the season's over, it's done. But we're we're just a couple of streaks away from being right where we want to be. Oh, man, that's bad. Gary's in New Jersey. What's up, Gary? Hey, I just want to say I started listening to you yesterday for the first time, and I've really been enjoying it. And uh, you had the best line yet about the Yankees when you said they are committing malpractice. I thought that was brilliant. Thank you, I thought man. that was great. Thank My you. My question is, though, if they fire Cashman, right, and somebody else signs him, aren't the Yankees off the hook for the salary if he gets signed by somebody else? That's a good question. I would have to look into that. I, I, I would believe so. That, you know, if he stays unemployed, he's able to continue to collect checks. But once he signs a contract with another team, that becomes void. I I believe that would be the case. But that's something I have to look further into. That's a great question, Gary. Thank you. And, you know, did you read about that minor leaguer, former Yankee minor leaguer who who came out? uh, I think it was a podcast. Yep. He said that there is no teaching going on in the minor leagues. It's just... Purely analytics. Yeah, and that they were play- they played a yeah. He said he also said that they played a game where you you scored points either by working a walk or hitting the ball, uh, you know, hitting a ninety five mile per hour ball a, a long way. So it's an indictment of the organization. I appreciate the call, Gary, and it is something like there is something to 
why these highly talented prospects come up here and, and they don't amount to much of anything. Like, that's another a flaw in this team. It's one thing to just have you know, expensive contracts of washed players who aren't contributing. But the the tail end of that is we can't even go to the farm system to bring somebody up who's better than Luis Severino when he's literally been the worst pitcher in baseball the last two months. We got to have IKF as our left fielder when he had never played the position before. Something's got to give. Jonathan's in L.A. What's up, Jonathan? Yo, Titty, how's it going, man? Hey, man, so uh, I was thinking about it, and, you know, I mean, my birthday is September 27th, and it looks like I'm going to have a different birthday wish this year. It what? was usually Yankees winning the championship. Oh, no. So I'm like, yeah, the hell with it. Yeah, Good thing I'm not, all this year I'm not going to be all nervous in October because by the looks of it, looks like we're not going to go nowhere, man. I'm a Yankee fan, man, a huge Yankee fan. That's my ride and die team. But I, I stopped. I literally stopped with this since they, they lost with the White Sox, man. That was a gut punch to me. And I said, I'm done with this team, and I hope to God they prove, they prove me wrong. But I'm thinking about it, and like, all right, Cashman is going to stay. Boone, I'm tired. I was really hope, a hopeful guy for Boone. But with all this, oh, yeah, we did good. But uh, yeah, stop it with that. I'm done with that. We need someone with cojones and learn how to talk and go up to the player's face and tell them what they need to be heard. Who are your candidates for that, uh, TD? Like, who can, can take that job? I was looking at, uh, I was looking at Paul O'Neill. Or I was also looking at uh, who's this, uh, Jorge Posada. I mean, keep it. Who do you think, man? But me, as far as me as my fandom, I know I always I used to call you every week and tell you, you know what? Give it time, TD. We're gonna come back. Yeah, I'm already done with this, and you know, right now I'm already starting to look towards the next season. Thanks a lot, TD. Have a good night, bro. I appreciate that, man. I really do wish that Bruce Bochy was still a free agent. He's with Texas right now, but that's the type of guy. And you don't need someone to come in here and be super old school. But there has to be an embracing of numbers with gut and feel and a guy who can command the clubhouse and who, yes, can be professional and not be as tense as Girardi was sometimes, not just walk in the clubhouse but during his press conferences, but also be a realist and be realistic and don't have your fan base out here calling you out because you're saying things that are questionable, that we know are just dead wrong. Talking to us as if we're stupid. Like, what do you mean? And now apparently there's 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 a clip of Boone out there comparing, you know, the Yankees to you know, or, or referencing the Braves and the Nationals and the Phillies. You no, know, they went they went on improbable runs to the World Series. What's the one? Oh, here it is. Aaron Boone uh, references teams that went on improbable runs to the World Series. You know, I think the Braves had a recent unlikely run. The Nationals, the Phillies were dead to rights at the end of the last year. And that's just a couple off the top of my head in recent history. Susan showed me one from 95 and the Yankees. So, like, I get it looks bleak. And I don't want to even suggest that we're in a position to even talk about that. We got to fix our own house and get it going. But there's a lot of season left, too. And we got we to gotta look at it that way. Well, so here's the problem with the whole comparison and the reference you bring up the 2022 Phillies you realize what happened midway through the season with that Phillies team something very significant happened with the Phillies they fired their manager 
So I don't know if that's the reference you want to use. I don't know if that's apropos. Hour number two coming up next right here on 98.7 ESPN.